Welcome in to another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WISports.net and your host for the WSN podcast as we are on the eve of the high school football state championship set for Thursday and Friday at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison. We will talk about the state finals, do a little preview, do a little predictions on the podcast today. Also going to jump around a little bit, talk about the All-State Awards that came out this week from the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. Just go through how that process works a little bit. Also talk about our Senior Football Awards for WSN that we released on Wednesday, earlier today, with the winners of all eight awards for the WSN Senior Football Awards. So we're going to be all football all the time as we only have two days left of the football season. Seven games, 14 teams. Going at it in Madison at Camp Randall. Going to be a two great days. We, we're looking forward to some of the games, uh, all of the games, in fact. And uh, also a bittersweet time, though, because it does mean the end of another high school football season. My 15th here at WSN. Always tough to, to finish the year, know that it's done, know that all the teams and players are done, seniors are moving on, and uh, time to move on to winter sports. Speaking of winter sports, we are going to be connecting very soon on the podcast uh, with our boys and girls basketball ex- experts, Mark Miller and Norbert Durst. We'll have them on the podcast coming up to talk about the basketball seasons that are getting underway. Girls games this week, boys games start next week. Before we do all of that, though, let's remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. State finals are set. State championships begin Thursday morning at 10 a.m. with the Division 7 state championship game between unbeaten Regis and the Shiacton Chiefs back in the state finals for the first time in almost a decade since they won it all back in 2013. Regis, we expected them to be here. They were number one in the preseason if they ended up in Division 7, which they did, of course. Um, just rolled over everybody this year. They, they really were uh, not challenged after an early victory um, over Prescott. Uh, week one, I think it was, 13-6, to six, they won that one. After that, it's been domination ever since, and that includes the quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week that I was at midseason as Regis beat up on Mondovi pretty pretty good, and of course Mondovi is in the Division VI State Championship game. Uh, this is a Clover Belt represented by Regis versus CWC Large represented by Shiocton game, and the Division VI game that we'll talk about in a moment is Clover Belt versus CWC Large as well. Kind of an interesting little factoid. So you have Regis undefeated, just rolling over people. I mean, two of the more dominating and impressive wins that you'll find in the in the playoffs. 53 to 8 over Edgar a couple weeks ago. Last week in the state semifinals, 43 to 7 over Perennial Power Bangor. Shockton's path has been a little bit different. They uh, had three losses during the regular season. One of those was reversed to a forfeit victory uh, with the Amherst situation. So essentially, they were the fourth team in their conference after Amherst, Stratford, and Whitburg burnhamwood However, the Chiefs go down to Division 7 in the playoffs after playing that tough 
larger schedule and have uh, have been very impressive in their own right. They beat defending champion Reedsville. They beat unbeaten, previously unbeaten Cambria Friesland. Last week, very, very impressive in taking down Cashton, who had been unbeaten, and our favorite to get to the state title game on that side of the bracket. So three really impressive victories, all done despite the fact that Shockton had just one first-team all-conference player, that being fullback tight end Dylan Herb. Very good players on that team. Cade Stingle is someone I've talked about for a while. Uh, won a, a couple track championships in the spring. Very impressive running back and linebacker. Quarterback Dawson Schmidt has looked very good. Um, and, and they have certainly put it together at the right time. With all of that being said, as you saw on the predictions that I made on Wisports.net uh, earlier this week, I did take Regis in this one. I think Regis, compared to everybody else in their division, Regis might be the most dominating best team uh, in the state, in, in the state finals here. And that includes, yes, Catholic Memorial. So I like Regis over Shyocton. That game again, Thursday at 10 a.m. to begin things. Division 6, another Cloverbelt CWC Large game, as we as we had mentioned. Stratford, out of the CWC Large, moved into that league a couple years ago out of the Merriwood, taking on Mondovi, the runner-up to Regis in the Cloverbelt Conference. Stratford, what a win they had last week against St. Mary Springs. 20-14 in overtime. Stratford had led late in that contest, saw Springs tie it up. In the closing moments, Springs debated going for two and uh, actually going for the win. They, they scored a touchdown to make it 14-13 and were, were debating what to do. Ultimately, they decided to kick the extra point, which they made, sent the game to overtime. And Stratford would score first in the overtime period, even though their extra point was blocked. They held up on defense against St. Mary Springs and advanced with a 20-14 win. Of note, Bob Highland, legendary coach for St. Mary Springs, was not on the sideline for that game. He was not at the game as he was dealing with some uh, some illness. So Stratford advances. They, uh, at least according to the WIAA's records, Stratford comes into the state title game as the only team to ever play in a state title game with a tie on their record. As they played Mosinee in a non-conference game earlier this year, it was, I think, 20-20. to Weather moved in. And uh, rather than come back later, come back the next day, try to make things up, they decided to declare the to declare the game over, mark it as a tie. Stratford also lost to Amherst in conference play uh, in week nine, but have rallied and uh, and again beat Springs last week to move on. Mondovi, the one loss to Regis last week. They were in a tough spot for a while. That was a quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy game of the week at Wisconsin Dallas High School, the game I was at. Mondovi trailed Darlington the entire way. They were down 7 nothing early, then got it to 7-6, to did not convert the uh, the extra point, and Darlington was up 7-6 to for, for most of that game. Mondovi had more yards. They were moving the ball better than Darlington did, but Mondovi had three... Uh, Three trips inside the 30-yard line of Darlington at different times in the game and came away with no points on those. And you started to wonder if maybe they'd run out of chances. If they had 
um, you know, blown their chance to to take care of things. They missed a field goal um, in that that stretch as well. But then, last drive of the game, they put together a drive that uh, went down, scored on a short Jared Faulkner touchdown run, went up fourteen to seven on Darlington and held on. Their defense really stood tall throughout the game against Darlington's powerful rushing attack. The only touchdown that Darlington scored was uh, uh, a a run right up the middle that broke through a long touchdown run. But other than that, Darlington struggled to move the ball and keep things going. So, uh, so the Buffaloes, Mondovi, making their first state title game appearance since 1990, which was their only title game appearance. They were Division Four runners-up to Columbus back in 1990. Now Mondovi's down in Division Six. Columbus has made the state finals in Division Four. My prediction, I, I went back and forth on this one a little bit. Really like both teams, especially the way they're playing right now. Uh, Stratford, you know, you, you wondered if they were going to get here. They, they, it's not the dominating Stratford team we saw a couple years ago, certainly. Um, you know, 5-2-1 in the regular season or 6-2-1, whatever it is. 6-2-1, I guess it would be. Um, and, and you wondered if, if they had enough, and they have proved it. And that win over St. Mary Springs last week was certainly impressive. I've got Stratford in a in a tight one um, over Mondovi, but I was also 0-2 picking Division Six games last week after going 27-1 in the first 28 games. So um, I had been doing really well in Division Six, and then the state semifinals happened, and the two teams I had in the state title game before the playoffs started, Springs and Darlington, lost very close, winnable games. So it's Stratford and Mondovi, uh, and I, I took Stratford in a close one. The Division Five game... We can only hope that it is as good as last year's Division Five t- uh, state title game between these teams, Aquinas and Mayville. Aquinas got the win last year, 28-26. They stopped a late Mayville two-point conversion attempt that would have tied it with less than two minutes left. But Aquinas' defense came up big in that one, held on for the win. And again, if we can get a game half as good as that one, we'll be pretty pretty happy. Aquinas did lose late in the year to West Salem, lost the Cooley Conference Championship, but they rebounded and really have have done a nice job transitioning their offense uh, pretty significantly here the last few weeks. Relied heavily on Jackson Flotmeyer in the passing game uh, for, for much of last year and this year, but they went on the road a couple times this year, uh, or at least one time against Northwestern early in the playoffs, and really dominated on the ground. They uh, put up some big yards against Northwestern the following week against Colby, last week as well, uh, and really have have changed up uh, what they can do. And that bodes well for when you're talking about cold weather and you know the, the weather that we get in Wisconsin, even if it's not raining, even if it's not snowing, um, just the cold can impact the ability to throw the football, certainly. As the quarterback's hands are cold, the receiver's hands are cold, it's harder to, to hold on to the football, harder to throw it, harder to catch it. And so Aquinas being able to uh, to rely a little more heavily on that running game is going to be uh, a big uh, big boon for them. They take on Mayville with, uh, again, a rematch from last year. Blake Schroffnagel running for over 2,000 yards for a, a second straight season. Mayville Undefeated champions of the Flyway Conference. They took down St. Mary's Springs to uh, to win that conference title. 
I picked Mavo before the playoffs started. Aquinas' uh, running game emergence has made me reevaluate that a little bit. But I will stick with Mayville and uh, take the Cardinals to win this one. And, uh, and again, I think uh, what hopefully and could be a pretty close game. The capper on Thursday, Division 4, under the lights, Thursday at 7 p.m., Catholic Memorial and Columbus. The only unbeaten matchup we have in the state finals, Catholic Memorial going for a fourth consecutive state title. The last two won in Division 4, including last year. They were a heavy favorite last year as well. They went up 21-0 on Ellsworth. You're thinking, okay, here comes another CMH blowout. But Ellsworth rebounded, regrouped, made it a game, uh, scored twice. They could not convert uh, either time, so it stayed a two-point, or excuse me, a two-possession game. But Catholic Memorial could not close that one out. It was 21-12. Similar storyline last week with CMH. They played a very good Two Rivers team but could not put the game away. In fact, it was 20-14. to 14. Two Rivers had chances to, uh, to potentially tie or take the lead against Catholic Memorial. Uh, could not get the job done, could not close it out, but, you know, does that, does that set up a little bit of a, a quandary for CMH where they, you know, they beat the defending Division I champion week one, Franklin. They beat defending Division Three champion Pewaukee during the year. But they did struggle to put teams away sometimes, the, the better teams on their schedule at times. Uh, again, we saw it last year in the, ch- in the championship game, saw it last week against Two Rivers. And if they do the same thing again with Columbus, they're going to find themselves in trouble because Columbus is a very, very good football team. Now, for Columbus, it's going to, you know, part of the, the equation for them is going to be the health of Colton Brunel, their junior two-way star, uh, was injured at, at one point last week. You know what his health will be like. What uh, you know what he's going to be able to do will be a, a big factor in the game. Ran for more than 2,700 yards, 41 rushing touchdowns. He's a key contributor on defense. Just a dynamic, outstanding athlete that I think Division One schools should be offering now. I think Wisconsin should offer him now. Figure out what position they want him to play later. But uh, he's he's a a huge huge piece of what they do. And again, his health will be a big part of that game. If Brunel is healthy, I think they certainly can challenge Catholic Memorial. Um, I picked a fairly close game. I, I think, you know, CMH has shown that they can be a little bit vulnerable, and uh, we'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. But there's no doubt Catholic Memorial has the talent. There's no doubt that they're one of the most talented teams in the state, regardless of division. Um, but... If they let Columbus stay around, things could get really, really interesting Thursday night. Friday morning, 10 a.m., Division Three state championship game. A couple of uh, newer faces in the state championship game in Division Three. You've got Monroe, who, of course, was one of the most dominant programs from the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s. Five championships during that time, a number of other runner-up finishes, but they're back to Madison for the first time since 1996 when they were a runner-up. And, you know, those Pat Martin coach teams back in the day were all about running the football, had multiple running backs that could beat you and, you know, go for a big game. And it's the same uh, same storyline this year. They were on the cusp last year, of course. They played Pewaukee in a state semifinal game. It was a great game. Pewaukee pulled it out. But uh, they got past Pewaukee in the playoffs this year. 
And that sets the stage for Monroe's first trip since 1996. They're averaging 397 yards a game. Both Keaton Sweeney and Alex Hernandez have rushed for more than 1,300 yards. We saw Caden Keister uh, step in and, and do a great job a couple weeks ago. They've got multiple running backs that can, can do some things. And it'll be quite a challenge for a West Salem defense that is among the best in the state, has not allowed more than 14 points in any game this year. They're coming off a 37-14 domination of Onalaska, the only team to beat them way back in week one. And so the Panthers are riding high. They've got a ton of confidence. They're back at state for the first time since winning it all in 2007. Can that defense hold up? Can they hold Monroe's powerful rushing attack in check? And then can Monroe control West Salem as well? Uh, I, I took Monroe in this one. I had Monroe winning the state title uh, earlier uh, before the playoffs started. I'll stick with that. And we'll see just how uh, how dominant that running game can be at Camp Randall, if it can be dominant against that West Salem defense. Division two, Kettle Moraine finished third, tied for third in the Classic 8 Conference. They did manage to beat McGuanago, but had lost to Arrowhead, uh, lost to Muskego, lost a non-conference game to Fond du Lac. So they, uh, they're battle-tested for sure. And then they had, of course, that that very impressive victory over Sun Prairie East a couple weeks ago, uh, where where I said I thought those were the two best teams in the state. A little bit of a monsoon conditions in that one certainly helped uh, Kettle Moraine and the the physical ground game and defense that they can can put out there. And that defense is what carried them last week in a seven nothing shutout of Brookfield Central. Kettle Moraine's offense hasn't really been clicking very well. Um, at times this year, even with moving Nolan's uh, shot back to running back after he had played tight end uh, most of the year. They run him out of the Wildcat a, a good amount, send Chase Spellman out to uh, to receiver. Um, but they, they're going to have to score some points because West Appear can put points on the board for sure. Duke Schovald, their quarterback, Najee Mitchell, an all-state running back, uh, they've got weapons, and they can, can move the football they're back at uh, at state for the first time since uh, was it 2019 when uh, excuse me 2018 when they were up on Catholic Memorial in the Division Three title game um, up at halftime big multiple scores only to see CMH rally for a for an impressive victory in that one West Appear uh, felt a little slighted getting a three seed in their grouping. They had to go on the road. They got sent over to Western Wisconsin for a couple games, beat New Richmond, beat River Falls, and, uh, and came back and got an impressive win last week as well. Only loss was to Bayport in Week 9. But again, their their offense can do some things, and their defense has been very, very good as well. So that's going to be a good matchup in Division 2. I took Catamaran in a low-scoring game, but... You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Kettle Moraine can get enough offense going, even as good as their defense is. Can they can they get that offense going and, and give themselves a little bit of a, a cushion, a little bit of leeway? That takes us to the capper on Friday afternoon, 4 p.m., Division I state championship game. McGuanago, my preseason favorite to win it all, taking on Kimberly. As the papermakers are back at state, 10th title game appearance since 2007. And impressively, this is the third different coach they have had. 
take them to a state title game in that run. First it was Steve Jorgensen, then Steve Jones, and now Chad Mikkelkabich uh, at the helm, former De Pere head coach. In his first year with the Papermakers, they lost to Fond du Lac uh, in the regular season. Uh, certainly a surprise, especially the way Fond du Lac um, had, had ended up this year. But they beat Fond du Lac in the playoffs, then they uh, got Nina for a second time. A really exciting game in that one. They beat Wanakee in a, in a game of state heavyweights in level three. They beat Bayport last week, unbeaten Bayport. So one of the more impressive uh, postseason runs uh, that we've seen out of Kimberly. Again, beating a team you had already lost to in week one in level one. Uh, a really tough Nina team, then Wanakee and Bayport. McGuanago, uh, again, they were the favorites coming into the year. I, I had them as the favorites anyway. They did nothing to disappoint. They they opened with impressive, dominating wins over Sussex-Hamilton and Sun Prairie East. They beat Muskego twice this year. They beat Sussex-Hamilton twice. They did lose to Kettle Moraine, a, a, of course, the state finalist in D2, late in the year. And I, I have to wonder if that took a little bit of pressure off Kettle Moraine, or excuse me, off McGuanago, uh, not having that pressure to stay unbeaten and perfect and you know, they could just go out and, and play. They had had a, a number of close games leading up to that one. And I think that relieved a little bit of pressure on the Indians. And after that amazing, amazing start that uh, All-State running back Win Stang put together in those first couple weeks, he really brought it again last week in that win. Um, and, you know, just was, was dominant running the football last week in that second victory over Sussex-Hamilton. Over 300 yards, six touchdowns. Just an impressive performance for him. I have McGuanago winning it. I stuck with my pre-state pick, but I tell you what, the way Kimberly's playing right now, the uh, you can't count out the the papermakers. They have gotten better throughout the year, and again, the the playoff run that they've had has just been outstanding. So those are the championship games. Again, you can find the schedule. You can find uh, my predictions on Wisports.net in our state championship game predictions and breakdown article. Do want to take a moment to talk about uh, kind of what to expect for uh, the next couple days. Um, we put out a, an FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, article earlier this week that that has a lot of information that I think people should certainly pay attention to. It's got information on the schedule, how to get to Camp Randall, where you can park, a seating chart, stadium diagram. How to get tickets, which, by the way, it's all cashless. It's all digital. You can't even walk up to a gate and pay cash or buy tickets at the game. You have to go on your phone or online and buy tickets, and then they'll scan scan your pass. Uh, single game is $11 plus fees. An all-day pass is $30 plus fees, and then it's $25, uh, $30 for Thursday, and then $25 for Friday. They do not clear the stadium between games, by the way, just uh, would, would throw that out there. Um, so it's not like you have to you know, re-enter or anything like that. All tickets are general admission. There is a, a, a rough seating chart that they have. Most people want to sit behind their team's bench. The first school alphabetically of each game, as uh, listed in the WIA's database, will have the press box side, and the second school will have the side uh, where the suites are located. So if you want to sit with you know, one of the, the, the fans of the schools, that's where you're going to sit. Most unattached people kind of sit off 
on the side just a little bit. Um, you can sit in what would be the south end zone, I believe, uh, at least down in the lower part. Um, but they do close off certainly uh, parts of, uh, of Camp Randall. Um, carry-in policy, it, it is slightly different, the carry-in policy for these games than the UW carry-in policy. Uh, but you'll want to check it out for sure. Um, you cannot take food, drinks, uh, weapons, obviously, inflatables, face paint, body paint, noisemakers, larger bags, backpacks, that kind of thing. You can take a, a diaper bag if you have a child. You can take blankets, jackets, medical items, seat cushions up to 16 inches wide, binoculars, cameras, as long as uh, I think they require that they don't have a bag. You can take small bags or a small clear bag as well. And just note that you will, if you have a bag with you, event staff is going to check it. They're probably going to ask you to unzip your coat as you go through and, and enter the stadium. So just be prepared for that. Um, be prepared for the fact that parking can be very difficult downtown, especially for some of those early games during the day. Um, there's not really a whole lot of ramp parking. There's the uh, engineering hall ramp to the north of Camp Randall. That fills up very, very quickly because there's also people that park there from UW. Um, so a lot of people end up having to park on the street or in a yard, you know, pay somebody 20 bucks or 30. I don't know what it is now to park in a yard and walk in, but you're going to want to certainly budget a, a good amount of time to get downtown with the traffic that will be going on to get parked somewhere, walk to the game, go through the gates, you know, budget all of that in when you're going to the game. In that FAQ article, you can also find the information on how to watch the games. They're on Bally Sports Wisconsin, the regular Bally Sports Wisconsin for Divisions 7 through 2. The Division 1 game will be on Bally Sports Wisconsin Extra. So you want to check your cable listings for uh, where to find those. If you're like me, and quite honestly, a lot of people in Wisconsin that do not have access to Bally Sports through their cable or TV provider... Uh, you're going to have to find another option. Uh, you can log into the Bally Sports app with cable system authentication. If you can find somebody with a Spectrum login, or if you have a Spectrum login, you can watch on the app that way. You can also watch with Bally Sports Wisconsin Plus, which does require an additional subscription. But if you want to watch, those are the ways to do it. Games are on the radio, depending on the game and depending on the local radio station. Uh, kind of disappointingly, there are no, uh, no stations that are carrying all of the games this year in the past, both ESPN, um, Madison and Milwaukee, and iHeart um, in Madison, Milwaukee have carried all of the games or most of the games, but they are not doing that this year. So if you're looking for radio coverage, you're going to have to find local radio coverage. Check your local listings. Uh, you can also check the web stream uh, page on the uh, WIA site. Of course, Wisports.net is your home for the most complete coverage of the state finals. You can check out our previews and other information throughout the week. You can follow us on social. Follow me at TravisWSN. We'll be giving you the lowdown on all of the uh, happenings around Camp Randall Stadium, not just what's going on with the games, but other stuff as well. Size of the crowds, you know, what it seems like, what the environment's like, what the press box food is like. Um, we'll, we'll take some trips around the stadium and just kind of get a, a feel for what's going on as well. So you want to make that your uh, Wisports.net and especially social your second screen as you watch all of the state championship games 
uh, from Madison or, or watch them on your TV or smart uh, device or mobile device, whatever, whatever you're taking all of the information in on. For WFCA coaches, for WFCA members, the hospitality area is going to be open again. There was a little bit of uncertainty about where that would be held, but ultimately it's back in a familiar position in that lower level of uh, the field house where you can go in and have hot chocolate and popcorn and coffee and uh, the uh, all of the, the stories from Dan Brunner that, that you'll care to hear. So that will be open from halftime of the first game each day until halftime of the second game each day. You can get all the results on our scoreboard page. Um, another note about uh, the Camp Randall Stadium is that all the concessions are cashless. They do require a debit or credit card. You can also pay with Apple or Google Pay. Uh, you can venture out between games if you want or between sessions, uh, although if you do leave, you have to pay again, just so you know. Um, there's a lot of, uh, of dining establishments within walking distance, uh, of course. Um, you know Whether you want to go to Mickey's Dairy Bar or you want to go down Regent Street towards, uh, towards Lucky's and um, Jordan's Big Ten Pub and, and that direction. So uh, lots of options. But again, concessions at Camp Randall are cashless, require a card or Apple or, or Google Pay. Uh, if you have questions on the state finals, again, please check out our FAQ article. There will be, I think I set the over-under at 20, um, calls, emails, texts, messages, uh, tweets, comments about where people can find information that we posted in that FAQ article. Uh, where can I watch the games, all, all that stuff. People will be asking, and that's okay. But if you're listening to this, hopefully you know by now that you can check out that FAQ article to get all of that information. And of course, please, when you're driving to these games, make sure that you're being safe. Make sure that you're getting there to your destination safely and getting home safely. And we want to thank our friends at the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for sponsoring our WSN podcast and sponsoring all of our football playoff postseason coverage on WSN. Let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, now that we got all of our state football information out there and you're well informed about what's going on, Let's take a look at some of the other stuff that came out this week on Wisports.net and in the high school football realm. And that includes the uh, announcement on Monday of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association All-State and Player of the Year Awards. You can find all of those teams at Wisports.net, of course. Just to, to recap, um, the large school offensive player of the year went to Jerry Kaminsky. Large School Defensive Player of the Year, Josiah Azure from Bayport, linebacker. Mayville Senior Running Back, Blake Schroffnagel, was the Small School Offensive Player of the Year. The Small School Defensive Player of the Year went to Turner Defensive End, Brent Hoppy. Also, the eight-player Offensive Player of the Year, Connor Cratch from Newman Catholic, the quarterback, led them to a state title. And Owen Withy Senior Defensive Back, Logan Amaker, was the eight-player Defensive Player of the Year. Of note, there were uh, three players that were two-way All-State. Nolan Schopp of Kettle Moraine at uh, tight end and outside linebacker. Colin Selk of Columbus at offensive and defensive line. And then Davion Thomas-Kumpala 
of Racine St. Catharines at receiver and defensive back. There were some repeat selections as well. Josiah Azur, uh, Jerry Kaminsky, Brent Hoppe, some Prairie running back, some Prairie East running back, Cortez LeGrant, McGuanago linebacker, Riley Fisher, Aquinas quarterback, Jackson Flotmeyer, Connor Cratch was a repeat selection, uh, Belmont lineman, Casey Carey, an eight-player, Wabino Leona defensive lineman, Hunter Cronauer, an eight-player, and then Regis's Xander Rockow was All-State as a defensive lineman last year. This year, because of injury, was not able to play defense, but was a All-State fullback slash tight end for the Ramblers this season. Do want to take a moment to just break down the process for uh, WFCA All-State and All-Region Awards as well, so that uh, you know if people have questions. People had a lot of questions earlier this week. People were upset earlier this week because their favorite player didn't uh, either get All-State or didn't win one of the awards, and that's okay. Um, you know, sometimes we'd like to see those folks express their their disappointment in a little bit more constructive way. Uh, but it's understandable that, you know, there's a lot of good football players in the state. And picking an All-State team or picking one player of the year is really difficult. There are a lot of players that have legitimate cases to be All-State that aren't selected All-State because you just, you got to have a team at some point. You can't just have everybody. Um, so, you know, everybody has a different opinion on it and that's okay. The way the process works. So it all begins at the conference meeting. Every conference has a WFCA conference rep that attends the all-conference meeting and helps facilitate after they select their all-conference team, deciding which players are going to advance for all-region consideration. Not all first-team all-conference kids go on to all-region consideration. It's only a select few. Oftentimes, it's, it's too many, to be honest with you. But uh, at that conference meeting, they decide who's going to advance on to all region. From there, the, uh, the coaches go online and nominate uh, and register their nominees, rather, online on the WFCA website to provide all of their pertinent information, their stats, coaches' comments, all kinds of stuff. Uh, for any of their players that are nominated for all region. So again, that's done for every conference in the state. So it, it again, it starts at the conference level. Um, from there, there is an all region meeting and there are four regions in the state with each region being split to a large and a small. So really there's eight regions, uh, four small and four large regions in the state of Wisconsin. And actually there's 10 because there's also one um eight-player group kind of in the northern, northwest, and then there's another eight-player group in the southern and, and eastern part of the state. So at those all-region all meetings, every conference rep in that region participates. They, uh, they have all of the nominating information, all the kids that are nominated. They have the opportunity to go through and talk about some of those kids from their conference. They have um, you know, the opportunity to kind of speak on behalf of those kids. Uh, and then every conference rep has a vote at that all-region meeting as they vote for each position. The region reps for the WFCA do not vote at that all-region meeting. They are, uh, they're there to facilitate the, the meeting, to uh, be the ones uh, running it and get everything set up. But it's actually the conference reps that vote at that all-region level. An important part to note is that uh, going back to the conference level, 
one of the things that, that is part of the nomination process to try to help coaches as they're selecting all region is every player has to be ranked in their conference in the order that they finished in the voting. So if you have three offensive linemen nominated for all region from the same conference, they're designated as one, two, and three. So that, again, that helps the all region uh, coaches so that they understand or they're looking at and not selecting a kid first, let's say, at all region when he was actually the third or fourth kid in their conference vote because the conference vote with coaches that know them is uh, you know, a good indicator of, of where things stand. They don't have to vote in that order, but that is part of the information that they receive. Similar thing happens then after that. So after the all-region meeting, all of the all-region teams are selected, but not all all-region players are advanced for all-state either. At the all-region meeting, they decide, first of all, okay, who's all-region? And then they decide from that group, who's that going to be advanced on for all-state consideration? Again, it's not everybody that earns all-region. Out of that region, they are reported again in order at their position. Um, Here's the first offensive lineman, second, third, fourth, etc. And that helps inform the voters that vote for all-state. So after all of the all-region meetings are completed, all that information is compiled, and then the voting is conducted by the region reps. The region reps do vote for all-state. They do not vote for all-region, but they do vote for all-state. Um, I should add, at the all-region meeting, conference reps cannot vote for somebody from their own conference. Um, but again, all-region uh, or excuse me, the region reps vote for all state. Uh, the large school reps vote in the large school all state. The small school reps vote for small school. There are at-large reps in each region that vote for uh, large and small. And then also the WFCA executive board votes, um, some for small, some for large, and some for both. All told, there are, I think it's 19 or 20 uh, voters for the large school and then there are 19 or 20 voters for the small school. There's a little bit of crossover. Some, some voters have a uh, vote in both of those. At the all-state voting, you can vote for your players from your own conference or your own team or your own region. You can vote for whoever you would like there. Again, you receive a nomination list. Here's all the, the players nominated for, let's say, large school all-state. Uh, Here's all the quarterbacks, here's all of their information, here's their uh, ranking within their region vote, and uh, then they also have access, if provided by the the nominating coaches, they can also watch highlight film uh, of those players. The highlight tapes are are provided as well for those those folks to watch. So um, that voting is done, the teams are selected and solidified, and then from there, the WFCA executive board, uh, looking over, you know, the the players each year, where the voting came in, selects nominees for the Player of the Year awards. Sometimes it's two players for an award. Sometimes it's three or four. It just depends on the position, the year, kind of if there's clear, clear cut favorites. So, uh, then all of the region reps get together in the executive board. And uh, 
there's discussion about each of the nominees for player of the year. Again, all of these nominees for player of the year, again, whether it's two or four, whatever, uh, would have been voted on by uh, these play- these coaches previously. Um, discussion of the players, uh, review of their information, and then there's a vote of a, a, a total, I think it was 25 or 26 this year. There was maybe one or two reps missing and one or two uh, executive board members missing. Um, but there were 25 or 26 people voted for every one of the player of the year awards. So that's a little bit of information behind the, the curtain, if you will, uh, of how the all region and all state process works. It flows from the conference meeting to the region meeting to the all state voting and selection and then the player of the year awards that are announced again, announced earlier this week by the Wisconsin football coaches association. I do not vote on all conference. I have never sat in on an all conference meeting. I don't have any say in all conference. So don't be mad at me if somebody makes all conference or not. I do not vote for all region. I have been at all region meetings previously, did not attend any this year, but I do not, uh, I do not, vote for all region. The region reps do not vote for all region. It is conference reps that vote there. I do vote for um, WFCA Allstate as a member of the executive board. I vote for the large and the small. My vote is one of 25 or one of uh, one of 19 or 20 for both large and small. And I do vote for the player of the year awards. I'm one of 25 people that vote for that. Um, coaches that might have players that are nominated for one of those players of the year, or in this case, this year, uh, there was a coach that had his son that was a nominee. Um, they, they can vote. They do vote. They're one of 25 people that vote. Uh, certainly trust the integrity of the coaches that are in the leadership of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association and serving the association as region reps. So no issues with that. Um, but again, just uh, wanted to lay out that process a little bit so, so folks have an understanding and, you know, answer some of the, the, the questions and, and whatnot that, that came up this week. So that's the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association All-State and Player of the Year. Yes, I have a vote. It's a very small percentage of the vote. If somebody didn't make All-State that you thought should have, I don't control it. I don't. I can't make somebody all state. Um, if you didn't like the player of the year selection, I had one vote out of 25. You can be mad at me if you would like, but I can't make somebody the player of the year. So uh, that's just, just what it is. Um, so let's move on and, and talk a little bit about our senior football awards that came out. These are Wisports.net awards presented as part of our WSN Senior Football Awards, uh, a program we started, I think this is our 13th year, actually, uh, kind of modeled after the, the College Football Awards, where in college football, you know, you have the Nagurski Award, you have the O'Brien Award, you have the Doak Walker, right, that represent, uh, you know, outstanding former players at those positions, and they're named after those players. So we have the same uh, for, for our high school football awards, our senior football awards, and we have a selection panel. I'm part of that panel, obviously. Um, we have seven staff and media partners that vote for that. And then one-eighth of the selection is the fan vote. So if you don't like who won these ones, that's okay. 
as well. Uh, I do vote. I have a bigger portion of the vote here. I have more influence on the vote here. It's our awards. I'm our football writer. Um, but uh, I think I voted for almost every one of the players that actually won the awards. There's maybe one that I had second, something like that. Uh, but our Dave Craig Award for top senior quarterback, Jerry Kaminsky of Sun Prairie East. The winner of the Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch Award is the top senior running back, goes to Win Stang of McGuanago. The Al Toon Award for top uh, receiver or tight end goes to Davin Stoffel of Mozanie. Plays a little tight end, plays some split end, plays some slot. He'll be a tight end at the next level. Division I recruit, very impressive season. Isaac Bunker of Monroe was selected as the Joe Thomas Award winner as the top offensive lineman, senior offensive lineman in the state of Wisconsin. Sam Kufel of Kettle Moraine named the Tim Crumry Award winner as the top senior defensive lineman. The John Anderson Award for top senior linebacker went to Josiah Azur of Bayport. Boston Brindley of Lacrosse Central was named the Jim Leonard Award winner as the top senior defensive back in the state of Wisconsin. And finally, the Kevin Stemke Award as the top punter or kicker and or kicker went to Caden Pop of Appleton North. Finished with 15 made field goals this year, which is the second most in state history. So very impressive season for him. And congratulations to all of the winners of our Senior Football Awards. Um, you know, very good group of, uh, of nominees, a very good group of winners, very deserving group of winners this year. You know, Win Stang and McGuanago already in the top 10 for single season rushing yards. Jerry Kaminsky had some huge stats for Sun Prairie East. You've got a, a number of Division I recruits in there. Josiah Azur committed to North Dakota State, um, has not played uh, for, for the last few weeks, did not play the last few weeks of the, the playoffs dealing with uh, a, a medical issue. Um, but certainly wish the best for him and and all of the uh, the players. Sam Kufel is a preferred walk-on at Miami. Isaac Bunker is going to Navy. Davin Stoffel, uh, again, a Division One player as well. Jerry Kaminsky is going to North Dakota. Uh, so really, really strong group of kids this year. Um, so our, our senior football awards are announced. And it's time to get to the state tournament. Time to get to the state finals. One last hurrah at Camp Randall for the high school football season. And then I'm going to go in a little hibernation, I think. It's been a long football season. Had some, uh, some health issues earlier, as, as I have talked about, that caused me to miss the, uh, the Week 9 game of the week. Also the playoff reveal show. Certainly doing much better. Trying to get things under control. Uh, nothing, you know, worry, too worrisome or turned out not to be too worrisome anyway. It was worrisome in the moment. But um, feeling better. Looking forward to moving forward. Uh, have... You know, went back to coaching football uh, for eighth grade to end the season. Have uh, moved on to coaching two different basketball teams for my son, our parochial school team and his uh, uh, Reedsburg travel team. So getting back uh, active and, of course, have been at the Quick Trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week the last few weeks as well. Certainly appreciate anybody and everybody that, that reached out uh, while I was experiencing some of those, uh, those health issues earlier this year. Doing good. Looking forward to seeing a lot of our great uh, friends and media partners and coaches at the state finals coming up uh, beginning tomorrow. So going to be a good time. If you can get to Camp Randall, if you're brave enough to uh, to sit out in the weather, uh, God bless you. It's going to be a, a good couple days of football. Maybe not so much the weather, but we're looking forward to to some football to cap off the year. Seven games left, and then we're 
then we're done. And again, I'm going to take a little bit of time off. I'll certainly have some things to do for uh, for basketball coming up. Have some some stuff to do for planning for next year, uh, content planning, and just the the business of WSN. Um, but going to try to uh, slow down a little bit for a couple weeks anyway after the football season is complete. We will have, after the state finals, we'll have our recap article where we'll have our all-state team, or excuse me, our all-state finals team, our state finals MVP, our best game, uh, just kind of a recap of the state finals that uh, will be out either over the weekend or maybe early next week. So you can check that out on wissports.net. And be sure to check out the great content being put out right now by our, our basketball writers. Mark Miller on the boys' side just published his ABCs of the 2022-23 boys' basketball season. Norbert Durst just published his preseason team rankings. Been uh, wrapping up conference previews as well. Girls' basketball game started last night on Tuesday. So we're knee-deep. Actually, well, we're, we're chest-deep or higher in, uh, in basketball right now with uh, girls underway, boys' games starting next week. My son, who's a freshman here at Reedsburg, they have, uh, as many people do, their scrimmage on Friday, so it's really getting going now, and uh, we're excited to transition to basketball, but we're excited to wrap up high school football first with seven games at Camp Randall in the next two days. If you see us, uh, if you see me kind of wandering around the stadium, uh, maybe in the WFCA hospitality area, uh, in the concession line, whatever, make sure you stop and say hi. Uh, great to, to chat with people as we're out and about at games and uh, looking forward to, uh, to getting out and about again Thursday and Friday. That will do it, though. Again, one more reminder. If you can find, if you're looking for information, if you wonder anything about the state finals, please find our FAQ article on wisports.net and look for the information there. It'll probably have it. If it doesn't, shoot me a, a tweet or, or whatever, and, and I'll ha- try to answer as well. But you know what? Let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads as well. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. Take the pledge. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that'll do it for our WSN podcast for today. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.